This is a podcast from Rover. Rex today. With NetSpeed. Internet till the cows come home. The Pastoral Greenhouse Gas Research Consortium is pretty much winding up after 20-odd years. It just completed a report summarising its work. I have had a bit of a look at it, but i got to say, I've got to get an expert on to talk about it because she can be uh, pretty heavy going trying to get through all the stuff that's in that particular uh, report. So I thought we'd get General Manager of the consortium, Mark Aspen, on the line to uh, tell us a bit more about it. Mark, great to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. It's nice to have, have a chance to talk to, to that work. The consortium, I think it was under a different guise when it uh, first kicked off, right back in about 2002, right? Right. So, look, we are no longer operating as direct investor and research. The participants of the consortium, which are representative of the pastoral farming industry, so Fonterra, Dairy NZ, Beef and Lamb New Zealand, uh, Deer Industry New Zealand, the Fertiliser Association, Land Corp and PGG Rights and Seeds, who have all been investors over the last uh, 19 or so years, are now investing still to allow ways to reduce greenhouse gases, but independent. And so the consortium's role now, and I'm still the manager of PGGRC, is to manage some of the intellectual property that we've developed through research uh, and through to commercialisation and ultimately for delivery. Right, so um, it's still obviously something that's uh, clearly ongoing, but uh, the point is I think that you've pretty much released uh, a report recently summarising uh, the work that has been done thus far, and it is uh, it is rather comprehensive. Uh, it's invest- there's been more than $90 million uh, invested over that time in exploring technology-based solutions that our farmers can use basically to reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions from the sector while also in increasing productivity, which I think is a reasonably accurate uh, summary or at least one-liner anyway. Absolutely. And look, we've, as you say, we started in 2003, thought we had some solutions that we could bring to the market quite quickly. Um, they were not as good as we thought, and so a long-time investment. But we have set the platform for um, understanding methane certainly much more, but we've also worked in nitrous oxide. Um, for much of the research and much of the opportunities that are still being created. And, um, you know, out of our investment, we're now rolling out cheap genetics, uh, low-methane cheap genetics. Uh, we've developed um, some uh, understanding of some forage crops that could be used uh, to reduce emissions. Um, and we've also advanced uh, the development of specific inhibitors and, uh, and the idea of a methane vaccine. Some of those have still got a way to go with the science, but the base and the knowledge that the investment we've done with government and with the science uh, players in this space has been uh, a really important step forward for our for our industry. Yeah, it's safe to assume that uh, the knowledge that you've gained over 20-odd years as a group would have been uh, quite remarkable considering where we were in what early, the early 2000s and our, our knowledge of the stuff. It wasn't even really in the public discourse to a large extent, was it? No, it wasn't. And, I mean, we're in a really... We're in a great spot in the sense of, yes, we still need to develop these opportunities but we now have our farmers uh, rightly or wrongly thinking about the amount of emissions that their farms produce they want to lower their emissions and that's absolutely paramount um, and we're starting to get those tools together science is moving all the time to, to help that so you know we are hopefully on a, in, on a good path to actually be able to find some really cost-effective ways to reduce emissions which is what 
the investment by farmers match with the Crown was all about from the get-go. Yes, and of course, when we look at this, I mean, really, uh, you know, the field of ruminant methane is uh, at the crux of the whole thing, isn't it? So this is where I, I would suggest that uh, the bulk of the, the research is, has gone into. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a sort of, uh, it's, it's about an 80-20 split. We, we work with Lincoln and Ravensdown to help develop DCD uh, in the early part of our kind of investment years, but and since 2012, the focus has been on finding solutions for methane, which is the 80% of, of our, our ruminant industry's greenhouse gas emissions. Now, I'm not wanting to cast any aspersions. However, when these things come out and we see that the groups involved, and they're all sector groups, as you would imagine, uh, people do get sceptical and they say things like, well, of course, this is the stuff they've come up with because they're protecting their interests. The scientific robustness, if you like, Mark, around this sort of stuff... Um, just comment on that, if you will. Look, we've got to make this stuff count. And when I say count, this is about international treaties and international agreements. All of the stuff that we've got to bring through, all the research we've got to bring through, has to be scientifically valid and be real. It's got to be true. Um, if we're telling people that we're doing something differently and changing our emissions, we'll be found out and we wouldn't want to do that. That's not how we operate. So. There's a hell of a lot of rigour, and that's part of the reason it takes a long time for this to firstly find ways to reduce these emissions and understand them and find ways, and then secondly to actually do it at scale and be confident that those differences are still there. So, um, you know, I think it's an evolution of how we farm and how we think about our farming systems. There's other... uh, that. We just we've just got to embrace and get on with really. Are there drastic changes in terms of the way people uh, would have to go about farming operations in the future, based on the work that you've done, or is it largely no. uh, implementation of things that you've managed to sort of get to a certain point? No, I don't think it's a drastic changes. I mean, the, the the major driver for methane emissions in any animal, regardless of how you farm them, is the amount of feed eaten. And that drives about 85% of the emissions can be explained by the amount of feed eaten. If they eat more, they make more methane. The solutions we're looking to bring in, genetics, different forages, it's difficult with our grazing systems because we love, you know, and our farming systems are based around grazing and there's not a lot of room to move. But inhibitors and bringing those, they may require you to dose an animal on a, uh, we're looking to do a capsule or a long life kind of, um, approach which we use for other animal health diseases now so it's not completely out of this thing and if we uh, were able to prove that a vaccine and we're optimistic it's still possible then that really is kind of in line with current farming practices for animal health and, and other uh, and other things that farmers use vaccination for so it's adapting these these technologies in such a way that they are practical and they don't actually add a whole lot of cost and and um, bother to, to a farming operation as our is one of our many challenges here. Yeah, well, I'm sure that'll be music uh, to the ears of a lot of people listening to it. Uh, the patents and publications and things like that has been quite extensive. From what I read in the report, um, there's certainly been uh, a lot of work done in in that regard. Sort of, I guess, shoring up the uh, the foundations of of the science uh, before you go any further. Absolutely. Publications is a real critical. It's an interesting challenge when you're investing in these kinds of spaces. You need to keep, um, you need to be able to patent or to protect some stuff because 
if you're going to deliver an inhibitor or a vaccine or something of that kind of product, you need to be able to create, you have to have a commercial partner to work with and they need to have some advantage um, to be able to build their business on it. It's just kind of the way it works. But all of the stuff depends on it being absolutely scientifically robust and evidence and publications is a total part of that. Um, peer-reviewed science is kind of the the the, uh, um, the, the bed the, the bedrock we build all of this on. So if it's not real, um, we shouldn't be you know we shouldn't be saying it is, and um, that's where that comes into it. So it's part and parcel of doing this right is get that right, get the evidence, test it, um, get it challenged as you go through it, uh, and keep improving on it. It's all part of it. Yep. And Mark, one of the interesting things is we, you know, uh, read a lot about this sort of stuff, you know, methane inhibitors as an example, one of the key things yep. that you've been looking at here. Uh, it's, to, to an extent, and I could be wrong and maybe this is where you guys come in, but to an extent this uh, sort of stuff sometimes seems like way off in the distant future, you know, and uh, I just wonder, you know, how close we are to actually achieving some of those targets and results as a result of uh, the work that you've been doing with the likes of methane inhibitors. Look, we are still some years away, and that's, um, there's a couple of things here. Firstly, much of the the, uh, information we hear about inhibitors is in a farming system what's termed total mixed ration, so it's where you're cutting, carrying your feed and the animals be in a feedlot or in a stall and you can actually give them a little additive into their diet every day and so that's that makes it a lot more straightforward in those kinds of farming systems which we both know don't have, don't operate very highly in New Zealand. Uh, most of our animals get to go and graze what they like. Um, so that's one part of it. But the actual robustness required to make sure these things are safe, these things have got no food uh, issues um, and you can manufacture them uh, in a cost effective way and all that kind of stuff, that takes years and so we are still seven years probably by the time we pass through getting all that effectively understood and done in a a good manner and also the registration um, through those systems and we're an export nation which is the other other challenging kicker for us in New Zealand with our 9% export products we don't want to find out that you know we've got residues or some issues and so some of the international regulatory pathways we have to tread will be will add a few years onto it so uh, it is still quite some years away for some of our technologies to get to market uh, but maybe we can adapt some of the ones that are already uh, being developed offshore to make them work in New Zealand systems and that's another path that I think the country will tread as well. Yeah and of course these things you want to do them once, do them right you know when you look at the likes of uh, you know you're talking about breeding for example, low emitting sheep you know and and so these things wouldn't be a matter of a year or two would it? I mean I'm no scientist but I mean uh, you would want to see how this you know works generationally I suppose over time. So we started selecting using um um, really accurate methane measurements in 2007, 2008. Mm. Um, we've done three generations before in 2019. We rolled out um, those that breeding values, methane breed, research methane breeding values. And, you know, those three generations allowed us to um, really understand that these, these low methane sheep are still as productive as high methane sheep and they are an option uh, for farmers to, to go through.
Right, so you're confident that the work that uh, you've been doing these last couple of decades will actually prove fruitful uh, in the future and that we can actually adapt and uh, have these farming systems that, as you say, are beneficial for not only, uh, you know, this country but also for those export markets and uh, everything like that without drastically changing uh, the, the nature and the face of farming in New Zealand? Absolutely. I think our grazing base systems have still got a massive part to play here and um, we've still got pieces of that we don't understand as well as we should and um, I think you know we are in a really good place now to to continue to, to develop and, and, and do, do the stuff that we do well even better. Pastoral Greenhouse Gas Research Consortium General Manager Mark Aspen, uh, very interesting stuff, really do appreciate your time and uh, your uh, expertise in telling us about uh, a bit of what's been going on over the last couple of decades, thank you very much. Greetings everybody, how are we getting on today? Coming up for you in just a moment, the Pastoral Greenhouse Gas Research Consortium has just completed a report summarising its work over the past 20 years, General Manager Mark Aspen to join us to tell us about that, then being a Friday we catch up with our good mate Hamish Mackay, talk a bit of sport, that's all coming up between now and 12.30, but first... Rex Today, with NetSpeed, rural, urban and everywhere in between. Alright, a Friday so we talk a bit of sport, Hamish Mackay joins us, Hamish how you doing buddy? Yeah, good thanks, Dom. Good to be back on. Super Rugby kicks off tonight uh, here in yeah. Dunners, actually. Yes, uh, what, what have we got? We've got the Blues. Uh, we're hosting the Blues tonight, which uh, should be... Uh, I'm, I'm certainly going to be watching it, that's for sure. Well, you know, I'll be, I will be too, and I'm really looking excited. We all need sort of a little bit of something to take our mind off things, uh, you know, um, around the country, so I think that'll be quite good. But I think that, uh, that I like the look of the young Highlander side. I think it's quite nicely balanced, Um Blues, obviously, with a heap of talent and some guys who really need to step up, like Perifetta and co. But um, yeah, it's, it's the Chiefs. I reckon the Chiefs will knock over the Crusaders. Uh, I think that's tomorrow night. Oh, it? big call. Hamish McKay coming out. Well, yeah, look, I, I tell you what, though, I am excited to see Damien McKenzie back in the number 10 jersey as well. Uh, you've obviously got Barrett Mwanga moving on in, 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 a, in a year or whatever after the season. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing him. Such an exciting player, Damien McKenzie. Always liked him. Um, you know, injuries, etc. Um, form from time to time. But pocket rocket and... And uh, really looking forward to seeing him on the on the park, you know. Oh yeah, and look, he polarises people. It seems that people either love him or don't like him at all. And some just say he's a fullback, but too small for fullback, and and not a ten. I, I'm really looking to see what he has to offer in the ten jersey for the Chiefs. Mwanga is a huge loss to New Zealand rugby, a massive loss. Um, the thing I like about Richie Mwanga is that as he aged, he would have become more of the sort of um, uh, the Johnny Sexton, the controller, the absolute, you know, super controller. Um, mm. uh, so he's a big loss. So I want to see McKenzie come through. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the thing that's overshadowed at all, of course, has been uh, Foster and uh, his comments during the week at the sort of the launch of Super Rugby. I can see this from both angles. What do you make of the whole thing? Yeah, oh, look, it's a debacle, isn't it? It's a debacle that started way back in 2018 when we didn't sort of have the a transition plan, and, and then in 2019, under the previous NZR regime, what have we said? Did you get a letter asking you if you're interested in the, <laughs> the coaching job? Because, <laughs> you know, back in those days, though, nobody really kind of challenged the Chu regime as much as they are prepared to have a crack at, at Mark Robinson and, yeah. and the way this has played out. But they have stuffed it up, you know. Um, and, and reality is, uh, that didn't go to plan in South Africa last year. They expected South Africa to win and. And, and raise it to get the job. So, but I do feel for Ian Foster. I think it's, I think it's, um, 
you know, I do think it's undermining and unsettling. He's taking his team to a World Cup. If he, he either is or he isn't. But you wouldn't want to be going and knowing that somebody else is going to be the coach. Well, uh, the thing is, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, what if they win? Like, I mean, you know, yeah. like, like if you win and, and, you know, this is only his first term, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. You well, usually get another crack, don't you? Well, you probably think if they win, you know, Ian Foster's a bit old to go, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> he probably would feel like doing it and he'll take the, he'll take the big checks that'll be way bigger than the NZR can write from some other, you know, foreign team. Um, you know, he'll be, he'll be in demand if he wins the World Cup. Fair play to him. On the flip side, NZR would be saying to themselves, well, look, this is the time where people are moving. Coaches are being appointed yeah. for 2024 and beyond. We do it now. If we don't go for make the play for Robertson and tell him that he's got the gig, then he's going to get snapped up by a myriad of other clubs or countries or whatever it might be. Yeah. He's not going to be short of a job offer. Uh, yeah. So you can sort of see it from that point of view as well. But I do get Foster's point about the it is a distraction and I know that that's the buzzword but it is a little bit because if you're in that regime and then it's like anything Hamish you know when a new CEO comes in or, or the new regional manager for a branch or whatever and you're sort of going oh do I do I fit the the mold that this person's going to want do I adjust my performance and concentrate on different things in order to impress the guy that's going to be there next time or next year or whatever you know that's I, that that does come into it yeah look oh. My, my, my biggest concern is, and you talk about Robertson being snapped up elsewhere, he, 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 I, he is the right man for the job. He's earned the tilt at the job. Do we get guaranteed results? Not, no way. You no. Know, like, so it's still an unproven thing. And, you know, it'd be interesting. Look, I just, whenever I say to somebody, oh, they say, oh, oh, what do you mean, Joseph and Brown? And I go, well, I'll tell you what. Let's see what Robertson can do with Japan and the Highlanders, mm. with all due respect. Yeah, you know, that's let's, right. Let's, let's, put it, let's put it in context, guys. Yeah, he well, well said. And I think we've got a bit carried away with that. And, um, you know, he, um, he went on to one of the, you know, I heard him on the, another wireless station, you know, a little bit chastised and a little bit of, you know, realising that probably he's been a little bit uh, laissez-faire with the way he's dealt with this in the last few weeks. So, yeah, we shall see. Uh, my brother texted me this morning and said, uh, great day in the capital, sun shining. So uh, we might get a bit of cricket away today, although I look at Met Service forecasts and I'm going, yeah, it's not looking great and neither's the week. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow's looking uh, particularly bad as well. I can't see too much cricket being no. played. Um, some people think that, uh, you know, the English may only need two and a half to three days to beat us going on the uh, performance of the first test, which... You know, probably, you know, if they can string together, we can get a few sessions strung together, they'll probably topple us again. Um, yeah. uh, they just just the attitude of the way they play now, that's the McCullum thing, is uh, it's not that uh, Bazball's a stupid term, but, you know, it's just, um, yeah. it, it's basically just saying to your players, look, you're good enough to be here, go and uh, go and enjoy it and show us what you got, you know. I know that you're going to sort of like, you know, you'll have to come up with a cricketing term for me, sort of chop one back onto your stumps sort of thing every once in a while but I want you to be relaxed and no, I'm not going to be concerned about that. That's his sort of attitude, isn't it? Yeah, no Whereas fear, no fear. Feeling like fearing for your job every time you go out there, well, that ain't going to be, that's not the, that's not the right way. Yeah, so, much, yeah. Like, much like Foster and the All Blacks, yeah.
Yeah, yeah, Watson from Blundell, it would have been all over in a day and a half, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we got rolled in uh, no uncertain terms, that's for sure. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Uh, Rex coming up over the weekend, looking forward to that as well. Saturday, Sunday, 6 to 8 a.m. here on Today FM. Hamish Mackay and uh, Rebecca Greaves in the hot seat. Great couple of shows lined up as well. Go well, my friend. Enjoy yeah. the footy. Will do. Over and out. Well, the downturn in the demand for milks led Fonterra cutting its prices, narrowing the 2022-23 season forecast Farmgate milk price range. It was sitting at 8.50 to 9.50 per kg of milk solids with a midpoint of nine bucks. It's now down to 8.20 to 8.80 with a midpoint of eight dollars fifty. Don't forget as well, Farmlands Hastings and Gisborne now open as a community hub from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. every day. That uh, hub is your place to connect with each other, have a rest, get some food, get the internet, a bit of advice, whatever you need. They're looking forward to seeing. You're there 10 to 2 at Farmlands Hastings and Gisborne. Everyone is welcome. That is our show for today. We recommend net speed, fast, reliable internet, home phone, and mobile phone packages from a team right here in NZ, from the lounge to the cow shed to the motorhome and anywhere in between. Trust net speed to keep you connected. That is our show. Thanks for your company. Enjoy the weekend. Catch you back Monday. Leah and Mark next. Rex today with net speed. Internet solutions for everyone and their dog.